We certainly give her honor and reverence. We ask that your blessing would be upon her. We thank you that as the word of God goes out, that it'll be a blessing to those who hear it. We'll all take it to heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, verse 8. While you're turning there, of course, we're going to conclude a series we've been doing on faith versus works. Faith versus works. And of all of the scriptures or verses in the Bible that you could turn to as it pertains to faith versus works, these three verses would be the best three, I think, that you could look at to sum things up on the subject. Notice, uh, because you have to have a proper balance between faith and, and good works. Notice, the Apostle Paul The Holy Spirit actually, through the Apostle Paul, tells us, Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, in these three verses, you have... God's grace mentioned, but but you have two other things. You have faith and works, faith and works. And we want to make it abundantly clear. And I think that you can't make it any more clear than verses eight and nine as to how a person gets saved, how a person misses hell and makes heaven. It's it's as clear as a bell right there in those two verses. It's you get saved by grace. Through faith, you know, through faith. And then it's not of ourselves. Salvation is a free gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Okay, so there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves. There's no good works that we can do in and of ourselves to to save us. It's completely and totally by the grace of God. And we we. Access that grace through faith. Okay. Now, once a sinner gets saved and they they repent of their sins, place their faith in the Lord Jesus. Not by any good works that, that they've done, but totally by grace through faith. Then as a result of that, verse 10 kicks in. Notice verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Doesn't the Bible say that when we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we're a new creature in Christ and old things have passed away and all things have become new? Doesn't doesn't the Bible say that? And so when when that happens, then we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you see. Our, our faith in, in God's grace and, and, and faith in that grace, you know, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the root of our salvation. The good works are the fruit of our salvation. You need to be sure you get a hold of that. You see, God's grace and, and, and faith in the Lord Jesus, that is the root of our salvation. But as a result of that, then the good works are what? They're a fruit are the fruit of our salvation. And uh, 
you know, I, I've, I've watched this for so many years now where you'll have folks, they'll hear the gospel message and they don't want they, they don't want to go to hell, certainly. And 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 they'll they'll accept Jesus, if you will, or they'll believe on Jesus. But yet you never see their life change. That concerns me. And you understand when we receive Jesus as our savior, none of us are going to just be perfect from then on. Is, is that right? I mean, we still miss it. We don't have to miss it, but we still do. But I'm talking about you never see their life change at all. You never see any good works. And, and I, I've come to conclude those people didn't get saved. They have had a mental experience with the Lord Jesus. Remember, we talked about feigned faith. Remember, we've been talking about that. Our, what do you mean feigned faith? Fake faith. Counterfeit faith. There is a counterfeit faith. There is a fake faith. There is something that looks like faith. It appears to be faith, but it's fake. It's counterfeit. And we've shown you over the last several weeks, there's a lot of folks that have died and went to hell because they had feigned faith, fake faith. They thought that, you know, and remember, feigned faith, it looks like faith. It appears to be faith, but it's but it's fake. And in one ways, one of the ways that it manifests is a mental acceptance of Jesus. There's a lot of people that just they've accepted Jesus in their mind. But but they've they've never had that hard experience with him. It's feigned faith, fake faith. So people that get saved and there's never any good works about them, their life never changes. I question whether or not they really got saved. Did you hear me? Now, then there, there's a, there's the other side of it that, that we've talked about. Remember those folks that Jesus mentioned that they they had a lot of good works. They had a lot of good works about them. This may be the saddest thing of all. They had a lot of good works about him. They even called Jesus Lord. Remember, we, we've turned to that passage several times, so I won't this morning. But but this perhaps could be the saddest thing of, of all when people are full of good works. They've got a lot of good works, a lot of good works, do a lot of good things, help a lot of people. But they've never placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they die one day and and go to hell. Now, that's sad. Isn't isn't that sad? How many, how, many, how many of you agree with me? That's sad. There's even folks that, that go to church on Sundays and, and midweek and they go to church all their life. And, but the preacher never told them that they needed to place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll come to church. They'll attend church. They'll work in the church. They'll serve in the church. They'll tithe, offering, put in offerings. They'll, they'll do all those things. But they've never placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they die and, and church members and went to hell. Isn't that sad? How many of you agree with me that sad? It almost it sounds mean, doesn't it? It sounds mean and cruel. But <laughs> we've got to go by the word of God. Is that right? And that's really sad when you have folks that, that they serve in the church all their life and, and, and they die and go to hell because they never place their faith in the Lord Jesus. So these three verses are perhaps... The best three verses in, in the entirety of the Bible on this subject. Let's let's look at them again. Verse eight says, for by what? For by what? For by by grace, you've been saved through what? Through faith. And that's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not of yourselves. See, salvation is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. But once you've done that, then 
Notice, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So listen to me. Christians should be full of good works. Christians should be full of good works. Uh, Now, do those good works save us and put us into heaven? Absolutely not. What saves us and puts us in heaven? It's God's grace and then faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? But once that occurs, Christians should be full and abundant in good works. And that's why I'm titling this today. I'm going to speak to you for just a few minutes about good deed doers. Real loud, say good deed doers. One more time. Good deed doers. Christians should be the biggest good deed doers in, 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 in the earth. Should be the biggest good deed doers in the earth. Those good deeds don't save us. But as a result of our salvation, we should be full of good deeds. Now, let's just look at some scriptures here because we oftentimes, or at least I have, we center in so much on the faith. And, and that's good. And we say so much about the faith part of it. And, and, and the reason I do that is because I want to make sure that everybody understands that we're not saved by our good works. We're saved by God's grace through faith. So we put so much emphasis on the faith and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes the good works gets left out or gets the back seat. And, and today what I want to do is I want to balance the scales a little bit is we want to center in, center in and talk about good works. And the Bible is full of scriptures telling us that Christians should be those who follow Jesus should be full of good works. Now, do those good works save you? No, but we should be full of them as a result of our salvation. So look at Matthew five sixteen, Matthew five sixteen, And uh, I, I'm going to just kind of read these for the sake of time. They'll be on the screen. You can mark them down, look them up as best you can. But Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Your good works and glorify your father in heaven. See, that's why we do the good works to help people bring glory to God, the father. But notice he's speaking to those who follow him, to his followers. And he said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works." See, Jesus wants us to be full of good works. Look at Titus 3, 8, Titus 3, 8, Titus 3, 8. Now, notice uh, the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul to, to us, you know, to Titus, to the church here. He's talking to this fellow named Titus, but yet we can take it as unto us. Notice this. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to what? Maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So notice he says here to those who have believed in God, be careful to maintain good works. Look, if you would, at first Timothy five, first Timothy five. Notice here, verse nine, first Timothy five, verse nine. And Paul here writes to Timothy and says, do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number 
and not unless she has been. Now, it's talking about, see, that what this means is, is that the church was set up to help people that needed help. That's what a church should do. A church full of Christians, we should be set up to help people. Is that right? And so they had a program there that, that they would help widows. And how many of you know we ought to help widows and orphans? Is that right? And, and much we could say about that. But he was saying here that, that uh, do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number or into that program. And not unless she has been the wife of one man. Now, look at verse 10. Well reported for what? For, for good works. So here he's saying that, that the, the, the Christians that were going to come and apply for help from the church, it was important that they were full of what? Good works. And, and I'm not going to look at them, but you, there's scriptures where he talks to pastors. And he says that the pastor should be full of good works. So we all as Christians ought to be full of good works. And that's really one requirement for receiving help from the church is that you've been a person full of good works. And notice, well reported for good works. If she has brought up children, well, that fits right in with Mother's Day, doesn't it? She's brought up children. If she's lodged strangers or, you know, helped people, uh, opened up her home and, and taken care of folks that needed, needed uh, uh, you know, some place to stay or whatever. If she has washed the saints' feet, wow, washed the saints' feet. If she has received the afflicted, or relieved, rather, the afflicted. If she has diligently followed, what? Every good work. So you see, he's saying here that Christians need to be full of good works. And before they're able to receive help from the church, you need to check out. See, are they full of good works, right? Full of good works. We need to be full of good works. Do those good works save us? No, but they're a fruit of our salvation. Look at Titus 2.13. Titus 2.13. Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope. And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you have been looking for him to come? I think he's going to be coming pretty soon, don't you? Who gave himself for us that, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. That would be us as Christians. Notice, zealous for what? Good works. We ought to be full of good works. We ought to be zealous for good works. What does that word zealous mean? It means that we ought to be eager to do good works, eager to do good things. If there's a, a perhaps there's a widow in the church and uh, she needs help to cut her grass, we ought to be eager and zealous to go over and cut her grass. Is that right? Or if somebody needs, uh, uh, maybe they've been in the hospital and, uh, uh, you know, maybe they can't prepare meals as they should for themselves, then, then we should have, we should have a, a list around here a mile long of people signed up, uh, wanting to, uh, to what? Help them be zealous to help prepare meals. Is that right? Is that correct? I mean, n- there's not any church that's founded on the Lord Jesus Christ that should ever be begging people to volunteer to do anything to help other folks. Is that right? Amen. Ought to be standing at zealous. Realize, say zealous. zealous. Ought to be standing in line, wanting to sign up to help. Is that right? 
helping folks. You know, if a fellow in the church, you know, broke his leg or whatever and he needed help cutting the grass or, you know, doing some things around his house till he heals up. You know, we, we shouldn't. There's no church that's founded on the Lord Jesus Christ that ought to have to beg people to get somebody to come over and help him cut his grass. Is that right? Because we ought to be zealous for good works. Christians, I mean, we ought to be standing in line. Is that right? Signing up. Help. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Realize, say zealous. Zealous for what? For good works. Yeah. Now we'll cut in the fellow's grass that broke his leg. We'll cut in his grass. Will that access your way into heaven? Absolutely not. Will it help a little bit? A little bit? A little bit. A little bit? No, it doesn't help at all. You can cut everybody's grass in the neighborhood. And if you don't have faith in Jesus, you go to hell. Is that right? Is it? Boy, that sounds mean, but that's the Bible. You want me to teach you the Bible, don't you? You got to see it's real. This faith versus works. You got to watch it. Yeah, but can't, can't my church attendance come into church? Can't that help? Can't that help the blood of Jesus out just a little bit? Huh? Huh? Maybe just a little bit. No, absolutely not. Yeah, but 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 I saw that little orphan over there and and uh, uh, I, I, he needs some food and I gave him some food. And that's going to help me. That's going to help open the door of heaven for me and get me in one day. It's going to help out a little bit. Is it? Is it? Is it? Come on, guys. Is it? No, if you're trust, if you, if you give sandwiches to the little, the little orphan Annie all day long. And if that's what you're trusting in, you're going to go to hell. Is that right? Boy, that sounds mean, but it's the truth. You've got to be careful about these things. I've done it myself. I think, well, if I, you know, I, I'm going to just, you know, help so-and-so and that. You, that doesn't help the blood of Jesus out at all. How many of you know the blood of Jesus doesn't need any help? Should we feed little orphan Annie? Yeah. Is that going to help access our way into heaven? No. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Do you got that? It's totally by grace through faith. But if you're really saved, you're going to help the guy that broke his leg. You're going to help little orphan Annie. Is that right? Is that correct? We should be zealous for good works. Are you okay? Titus 3.14. Titus 3.14. And let our people, speaking of Christians here, also learn to, what? Maintain good works. To meet urgent needs. That they may not be unfruitful. Do you see that word maintain has come up a couple of times? Maintain good works. Maintain good work. Maintain good works. You know, it's real easy. Uh, it, it's real easy to do something for a little while. And then. Stop. Is that is that right? I know uh, I've been uh, since last October, I've lost 60 pounds. And uh, uh, I've done it through change of diet. But you know what I've done that's really, really done to trick for me? See, before I would stop eating and I just eat, you know, very little. 
And I'd lose weight over the last many years. I'd lose weight, but I could never main, maintain it. Could never maintain it because, you know, I, I just, I, I just, I went back to eating Diane's chocolate chip cookies. It's all her fault, you see. I couldn't maintain it. But now, this time, what I've done different is I uh, exercise every day in, in, a, in the muscle building. And so I go in and I work out on the Bowflex and I'm in that exercise room. I'm in there every day for, what, an hour and a half, probably. Is that right? Give or take. And you know, that's not easy to, to what? Maintain. But did you know through muscle building, the muscles burn the calories. And so I got the best of both worlds now. And it works, see. I I can can, uh, uh, eat pretty much whatever I want. Now, you still can't go to Krispy Kreme and just pig out. Do you understand that? But you can eat pretty much whatever you want. As long as you go in there and work out every day and, and build the muscle, the muscle burns calories so I can look fit and trim and still eat pretty much whatever I want. Isn't that wonderful? But that's hard to maintain because I have to go into that gym room that we have at the house every day. I probably don't have to go every day, but I go every day and I work on it. Maintain, maintain. Actually, I've gotten myself, I've lost weight and whatnot. My mother-in-law, it's Mother's Day, we'll talk about my mother-in-law. We went over to her house yesterday and and for the last couple months, every time she sees me, she she thinks I'm sick because I've lost so much weight. And she's convinced that, you know, that, that I'm sick. And when we went over there yesterday, she said, Terry, are you, are you sure you're all right? Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Okay, okay. And so she thinks that I'm sick and we're just not telling them, you know. And actually, she, uh, you know, since I got rid of that silly old hair piece and shaved my hair like this, she thinks I'm on chemotherapy, you know. I don't know if she thinks that, but I think she does. And so uh, I ran into somebody just last night that hadn't seen me in probably a, a couple of years. And he comes up, Pastor Terry, Pastor Terry, is, 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 that you? is that you? You're not sick, are you? No, no, I'm doing good, doing fine. So everybody wants to know if I'm sick. And so Diane, she's concerned that when people, because if you saw me a year ago and saw me now, you wouldn't recognize me. She's concerned that when we're out eating somewhere, that somebody that hasn't seen us in a while, they're going to think that she's out with another man, you know. It's me. Say maintain. Yeah, maintain. So good works is something that has to be what? Maintained. To meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. First Peter 2.12. Just a few more of these. First Peter 2.12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles... Among the world, talking to Christians here, have your conduct honorable among the world, that when they speak against you as evildoers, and they'll do that, that they may, by your what? Good works, which they observe, glorify God. Why do we have good works? Why? Well, we want to help people, but we saw Jesus say it, and then we see uh, Peter saying it here, that the works is not to bring glory to ourselves, but to bring glory to God. Is that right? Hebrews 10.23. Let's read this in the King James Version. Hebrews 10.23, King James Version. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. 
Much we could say about that. Faith has a confession, a profession. We've talked about that. Verse 24. And let us consider one another to what? To provoke unto love and to good works. So this word provoke, we're supposed to be as Christians, we're supposed to be provoking one another to good works. What does that mean, provoke? Well, one thing it means is to stand alongside and sharpen somebody. So when I'm egging somebody on, you know what I mean, egging them on? Come on, let's sign up to help. Let's sign up to volunteer. Let's sign up to do this. Let's sign up to do that. Let's let's do this. Let's go over and cut his grass. Let's go over and, you know, let's let's take them some cookies or whatever. What are we doing when we're encouraging others unto good works? We're sharpening them up just like you'd, you know, have you ever seen that? What's that stone call that, you know, you sharpen an knife on? That's what we need to be. We need, need to be sharpeners, sharpening one another up, provoking one another. This word provoke means to stir up. We ought to be stirring one another up. To good works. It means to urge almost to the point of irritation. That's how we ought to be as Christians. We ought to be so zealous for good works that we're egging one another on to help people to the point that we're, we're almost irritating. Hey, Brian, let's go out and cut somebody's grass. Hey, let's go pass out some tracks. Hey, let's go tell somebody about Jesus. Hey, let's go, you know, feed little orphan Annie. Hey, let's go do this. Let's go. Let's go help the homeless. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that to the point that it's almost irritating. But that's the will of God, that we all ought to be that way. Could you think what would happen in a church if everybody got stirred up like that to the point and really you just need one or two, boy, you, you know, to start stirring people up. But wouldn't it be something if you got a whole bunch of people that, man, hey, let's let's go over and help so-and-so. Let's go over and help them paint their house. Let's go over there and help them do this. Let's, wouldn't that be something? But the Bible says we're supposed to provoke one another to good works. To the point that we almost irritate. We almost ought to be that. I looked it up. Go look it up. Get your study books out and you'll see this word provoke means to urge almost to the point where you're irritating people. It also means to motivate. But, you know, just in the few moments that I stood up here saying, hey, let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's go help this one. Let's go help that one. Let's go help this one. Let's go help that one. Let's go help this one. Let's go help that one. Let's go help this one. Let's go help that. Let's give money to this missionary. Let's give money to that missionary. Let's take up an offering to help this missionary. Let's do this. Now, at last, doesn't that almost get irritating? Just be honest, doesn't it? But that's I'm right in the middle of the will of God when I'm doing that. And that's how we all ought to be. This isn't just written to pastors. This is written to all of us as Christians. We ought to be provoking one another to good works. Can anybody say amen? And then what's really neat here, this next verse. Interesting verse 25 says not... Forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Hey, let's go to church. 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 Hey, come on. Let's don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is. Let's go to church. 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 Let's go. Doesn't that become doesn't it start to get a little irritating? Right in the middle of the will of God. That's how God wants us to be. 
Almost to the point of irritation about, hey, we got to go to the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Let's enter his courts with thanksgiving and enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let's go to the house of God. Let's go to church. Let's, they're having a meeting tonight. Let's go to church. Let's go to They're going to have a Wednesday meeting. Man, let's go to church. Let's go to That's how. Well, couldn't you imagine what would happen to a church if everybody got like that? And everybody said... Amen. Am I irritating you? (laughs) See, these are scriptures we don't tend to look at that often. Maybe we should look at them more. As Christians, we should be full of good works. Hey, let's close with with saying, saying this. Jesus is coming soon. And look at Revelation 22, 12. He says, behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So is Jesus coming back soon? He said this right, right at the near the end of the book of Revelation. And he said, hey, I'm coming back soon. And I'm going to reward. I got my reward with me and I'm going to give to everyone according to his work. Now, here's what I want to leave you with, and here's what you need to think about. Along with everything else I've said, I want you to leave leave you with this. There's two judgments that's going to take place on out in the future. Two judgments. How many judgments? Two. Now, we could talk about a whole lot of things here, but just simply put, there's two massive judgments that are going to take place. How many? Two. Two. One of them is for Christians. The other one is for sinners. Okay? One of them is for Christians, people who have repented of their sins and placed their faith in Jesus. The other one is for sinners, those who have rejected Jesus or they've neglected to receive him. Are you okay? So how many judgments are there? Two. Now the one over here for Christians, those who have received Jesus, that judgment does not have to do with heaven or hell. Did you hear me? Because Christians are already getting into heaven. How are we already getting into heaven? By grace through faith. So the judgment that the Christian is going to endure has nothing to do with heaven or hell. It has to do with eternal reward or loss thereof. The judgment over here for the sinner, those who have rejected Jesus or neglected to receive him. That's known as the great white throne judgment. They've they've rejected Jesus. They've neglected to receive him. Now, this has to do with these, these folks are all going into hell. I didn't write it. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. These folks are all going into hell There's, because they did not place their faith in the Lord Jesus. Okay? And so it's just a matter of a degree of punishment that they're going to suffer. Are there degrees of punishment in hell? Oh, yeah. Didn't Jesus say, remember, those cities that he did his, some of his mighty works in? Didn't he say it would be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than for these places where he did his mighty works. But I tell you what, even the good, the good side of hell, I don't want to go because the good side of hell is still hell. Is that right? 
I don't want to live in the, in the upper end of hell, do you? I don't want to go to hell at all. Is that right? Can you say amen? So one of the judgments is for the sinner. The other judgment is for the Christian. The Christian's judgment is, say this, say the judgment seat of Christ. This one for the sinner, say great white throne judgment. All right, now let's just close by briefly reading about each one. Just take us a moment, but here, let's start with the, the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11. 1 Corinthians 3.11. This is for the Christian. This is the judgment for the Christian. This one has nothing to do with heaven or hell. These people are Christians. They're already going to heaven. It's a matter of what kind of rewards are we going to have? And this is why we need to be full of good works. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Do you see that these people have the foundation on Jesus? Do you see that? That's why they're going to heaven. Hell is not on the table here. This is not a heaven-hell thing. This is for people who have, have the foundation of Jesus. They've placed their faith in Him. They're going to heaven. But this is why good works is so important. One of the reasons. Now watch this. Verse 12. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Now believe me, you want your works to be gold, silver, precious stones, not wood, hay, or straw. Look at this, verse 13, each one's what? Work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. This is not the fire of hell. This is the fire of God and the fire, the fire of God will test each one's what? It, it would be better to say that will test each Christian's work of what sort it is. If any, verse 40, if anyone, if any Christian's work it's talking about Christians here. If anyone's work, if any Christian's work he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work, it's talking about Christians. Now, if any Christian's work is burned, he or she will suffer loss, but he or she himself will be saved. So you get to go into heaven, yet as so through the fire. So at the judgment seat of Christ, that's for Christians. Doesn't have to do with heaven or hell. It has to do with reward or loss thereof. So if we've been zealous for good works and full of good works as Christians, one day we'll stand before the Lord. He'll judge us with his fire. And if our works are burned, that's not a good thing, is it? We'll suffer what? Suffer loss, but we ourselves will be saved. And if we've been full of good works, our works will endure the fire, we'll receive those crowns of reward, we'll be able to go over and lay those crowns at Jesus' feet, worship Him, hear well done, good and faithful service, servant. Won't that be wonderful? But there's a lot of Christians that are going to get their, their... See, of what sort it is. What has been your motive behind your works? Why did you do what you did when you did it? All that's going to come up one day at the judgment seat of Christ. And there's a lot of Christians that have been full of good works. Now, are they getting into heaven because of their good works? No, it was because of the foundation of Jesus. But they're full of good works. They're judged by the fire of God. Their works endure and they get their reward and it's eternal. Other Christians 
who haven't been full of good works, their works are going to be burned absolutely to smithereens. But yet they'll be saved. They'll get to go into heaven. That sure beats going to hell, doesn't it? How many of you know the low rent district of heaven sure beats going to hell? Is that right? And there is no low rent district in heaven. I understand that. But you understand my point. It'd be better to get into heaven with no reward than to not get into heaven. Is that right? But why don't we... Why don't we get the best of both worlds? Why don't we go to heaven by receiving Jesus and be full of good works and get reward? Wouldn't that be the best thing? The final thing I want to talk to you here and then we'll close is go to Revelation 20. This is the great white throne judgment. This is for sinners. These are for people who rejected Jesus. Are they neglect? I believe to neglect is as bad as reject. They neglected to receive Jesus. They Refuse to receive him so they have no foundation to stand on and they're going to stand before God based on their works and their works alone. Now look at this. Revelation 20 verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. By the things which were written in the books, God's a good bookkeeper. The sea gave up the dead who were in in it. Death and Hades or hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. Folks, this is a dangerous place right here. You don't ever want to show up at this one right here at this judgment. Because these are people who have said, I don't need Jesus. I don't need his blood. I don't need anything he did. I'm good enough. And I'm going to stand before the throne of God on my own good works. And I did a lot of good things and I helped a lot of people. But we're going to be found wanting then, won't we? It's a bad place to be. I don't want to stand before God on the heaven hell issue for my own good works. Do you? I want to stand on Jesus' work. How about you? Because I need Jesus. I need his blood or I don't get into heaven. You understand that? So it says right here, they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell, Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Not a good place. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Did you get anything out of this series the last three Sundays? I I trust you did. Stand with me if you would. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't need the the music. Thank you. That's fine. I don't need it today. Thanks. Just heads bowed, eyes closed. And here's here's two things. First of all, if you're here today and you're not standing on the foundation of Jesus. You've never repented of your sins. You've never turned away from your sinful life. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've never made him the Lord of your life. I want to invite you to do that today before you leave. If that's you and you need to do that, in a few moments there'll be some people standing up here in the front. When we dismiss the service, you come up, you tell them, hey, I need to receive Jesus. I I, I need to make him the Lord of my life. I don't want to go to that great white throne judgment. I want to miss that. And I want to receive Jesus. You, You do that right when we dismiss. Just walk up to the front.